I believe that together we can make America great again. Tell you what, we can make breakfast great again. I made a fantastic steak and eggs this morning. Ooh, steak and eggs. Oh, man, oh, boy, oh, man. We might have to get into that because if ever a guy deserves a round of applause for loving himself the right way, (laughs) it is Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Name of the program is called Everybody Calm Down. It is a special Tuesday edition of the show. We will be joined shortly by the great Cliff Maloney. He is the president of Young Americans for Liberty. Which sounds very much like a backyard militia on YouTube. <laughs> it sounds like it started out with like they had a wrestling ring and they were beating the shit out of each other. And like, well, we should do something with this. Yeah. Let's collect uh, automatic yeah. weapons. What if we come into the ring with flags on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We start making some money. So we're going to sort that out in a minute. Uh, it is a busy day for the champ. I'm heading in after this uh, to do Fox News Radio, Fox Across America. I'll be hosting that from noon to three today if you're into that sort of thing. Emily Campagno's on the show. Good friend of the program. You know who else is on the show? Who's that? Charles Lights Out McBee. You kidding me? Our, 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 our one of our best pals anywhere, uh, star of of the show Punchlines on Fox, mm-hmm. is coming by in the in the two o'clock hour. So it's an embarrassment of radio riches. Nothing nothing says don't listen to this show like promoting the other show. <laughs> and wait, there's more. Uh, I I shout out yesterday. Uh, not only did we have a fantastic comedian Dave Landau on this show, but I got to interview. Uh, O.J. Anderson, former Super Bowl MVP. Right. You can hear that right now at the NewYorkPost.com. That is, of course, the Blue Rush podcast, the official New York Giants, New York Post football podcast. They expect me to say that in one take on the air. I'm like, wow. yeah, good luck with that, guys. <laughs> good luck with that. But uh, Sean Barry, hey, real quick, because I know we have a guest to get to. This is kind of, we're like a band on the run today. Yeah. I patented, that's my original phrase. I've never heard it anywhere before. Me I made, do you ever make steak and eggs in a frying pan? I mean, I drilled yeah. Steak and eggs in the frying pan this morning. I'm in a great... Can you hear me? I'm a little caffeinated. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to do it. You get the fat from the steak that's in there, greases up the pan, Yeah, ready for the eggs. It's fantastic. It's. I was like sitting there listening to it, what I thought was the sizzle. Mm. There was actually my arteries hardening. <laughs> you can actually listen closely because I put a little butter in there. And Jenny makes a... She likes, um, she likes like the sweet coffee. Mm. You know, I can drink black coffee, maybe a little iced coffee, black. I, I, I don't like enjoying coffee when I write. I'd rather it just be there. It's like mm-hmm. this thing I go to. And to be honest with you, the lack of joy I usually find stimulating. Right. Whereas if I drink like a big, sweet, happy coffee, that makes me content. I don't want to work anymore. Right. I just want to sit back. I relax. But a miserable coffee, whatever. But anyway, I had one of Jenny's. This is like a Dunkin' Donuts, like cinnamon roll, carmade, whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of just prey on moms who are at their wits end in the supermarket with. Is that why you're wearing the fleece blanket right yeah, now? Yeah, I got the fleece on right now. <laughs> I've been posting inspirational quotes on Instagram all morning long. But God damn it, it's good coffee. Hey, yeah. uh, before we get to Cliff Maloney today, uh, some of you might be Cliff fans listening for the first time. Uh, this is an apolitical podcast. We don't care if you're a Republican. We don't care if you're a Democrat. We just want you to not be an a-hole. Um, our manifesto is be a Michter's guy, right, Sean Barry? Amen. And, and all that means is uh, we don't care what your political affiliation is. We just want you to be cool. Be cool. Be considerate. Be yeah. tolerant of other people's views. You know? Yeah, don't be and a just jerk. Don't be a pain in the ass. Right. Don't be the guy. Halloween's coming up in two days. Don't be the guy that gets upset. You know, gets upset. Right. Some kid put on a... Halloween's pretend. When you're screaming about pretend, what you're really saying is like, yeah, we have it too good in this country. Right. Yeah, well, really, though. <laughs> I'm upset that you dressed as a princess because right. you're not of that ethnicity. Who cares? Exactly. It's pretend. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah, dressed up like a Yankee That's yeah. right, instead of a Met. Think anybody's dodging missile fire in Syria right now being like, but it stops at that Milena princess costume. <laughs> we are not going to have that today. I'm not I'm not happy with it at all. So 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 stop complaining. Don't be don't be difficult. Be a maker's guy. Treat people right. Be punctual. Be considerate. Mm-hmm. Do those things Sean does. You show up to a party. Now, I've thought about this because we've said it on the air now a few times, yeah. but I frequently commend you on how you show up to a party. Mm-hmm. Always on time. You always smell great. Fresh haircut, crisp collar. Always a bouquet of flowers for the for the female hosting the party, for the mm-hmm. woman of the house. Yeah. And I was blown away, but when I saw that, I'm like, this Sean Barry's a class guy. But now I realize you're just paying it forward because of what you're going to wind up doing to their house at the party. (laughs) Because when you hear this, like, oh, flowers on time, hugs, kisses, what a guy. Yeah, then you cut to the holes in the (laughs) sheetrock. There's a a guy in a Viking helmet with no pants on on my front lawn an hour later. All the empty bottles in the the garden. The least you could do is send in some flowers, you know, Sean Barry. But today is not an intervention for Sean Barry. We've tried those. They don't work. Cliff Cliff Maloney. Cliff lights out Maloney. He is waiting on the Michter's voice line. He joins us when we come back on Everybody Calm Down. Mattel presents... Woke Barbie, the toy that takes offense to everything. Like, what do you mean? You're giving me a dream house? How do you know what my dream house is? Oh, like a woman can't think for herself. I get it. Woke Barbie comes with a gorgeous pink Corvette that you can drive anywhere. Well, like, why isn't this electric? Do you even realize how much you're devastating the environment? Woke Barbie. The toy that comes with everything except the boyfriend. Because she's too damn annoying. Ken left me, but whatever. I couldn't stand the way he was always assuming my dog's gender. What a monster. It's okay, Jacob. That is a sexy beat, Sean Barry. I love this. And if ever a man deserved... A sexy beat. It is this next guest. This guy lost a lot of weight in the last like year and a half. Looks like a million bucks. It actually upsets me now when he walks into the green room. You know, there's a level of weight loss where you're like, "Yeah, hey, good for you." And then there's a level of weight loss where you're like, "Hey, fuck that guy." You know what I mean? <laughs> you start you start spreading rumors. Uh, he is the president of Young Americans for Liberty, which I assure you is not a backyard YouTube militia, even if it sounds like one. Uh, pound for pound, one of the best panelists we have on Kennedy, and as good of a green room hang as you're going to find anywhere. Cliff Maloney joins. Everybody calm down. How you doing, Cliff Maloney? I am doing great. Thanks for having me today, Jen. Uh, of course, man. This is a big booking for us. Are you kidding me? I mean, it would have been a bigger booking a year and a half ago, but you went out and lost all this goddamn weight. What's going on, Cliff Maloney? How you been, man? What, what is the secret to your success? You know, it's interesting. My uh, my wife now, uh, when we got engaged, you know, I, I kind of looked at myself. I was 360 pounds, and I said, you know, I got to get this in order. And uh, a lot of chicken, a lot of water, and a lot of running. Oh. I mean, and a lot of sweating. And, uh, you know, people want to say, oh, is it keto? Is it, you know, uh-huh. um, some sort of fad diet? But, I mean, honestly, no. It's just uh, I'm down to 200 pounds and just trying to balance out there. And I'm jumping wow. out of bed in the morning, Jimmy. Wow. So it's not keto. It's just straight sadness. 
You just no, I'm kidding. You're doing great. <laughs> two, I haven't eaten in two years. <laughs> two hundred pounds. I haven't weighed two hundred pounds since like third grade. I mean, I really, I got to applaud you, man. That's a, that's a big deal. You know, Cliff. There was a comic, Ted Alexandra, who's still a comic. He's still out there. Um, but he uh, he used to do a, a funny bit about. He's like, yeah, I'm on one of those as much as you want diets. He's like, you know, from eight to noon, you eat carrots as much as you want. You know, noon to, bro- for, to four, you eat broccoli as much as you want. He's like, from four to eight, you cry as much as you want. <laughs> He's like, you cry because you're hungry. But of course, I get it. Now, listen to me. I want to jump in, Cliff Maloney. The idea that getting engaged was your motivation, because I went on a weight law, a wedding diet, too, because part of it is you're going to be photographed in like 7,000 different angles, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, it's 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 one of those where I had uh, roughly, I think I had, we got married about a year after we got engaged. So I had, uh, I had about a year to do it, and so I lost, the, I lost a hundred before the wedding. Wow. I think the thing I'm most proud about is I lost sixty after the wedding, which um, nobody does. <laughs> right, right. Like, usually it's the, the opposite. So it's actually interesting because some of the photos. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, there still are some pretty rough angles, uh, but when, you know, the photographer is kind of up your ass, you, you got to figure it out. <laughs> no, that, I, I think about this now when I see the people who have like, oh, we have drone photography at our wedding. I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> like, you'd be going through these photos and be like, oh, who is that slop? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's me. And it's well, embarrassing. You know, it, it's funny because I, I work with college students and like the number one thing I talk to them about is, is typically not in the political world. It's, it's listen, put your damn phone away. Mm-hmm. Um, me, me and the wife actually have a, a little bit of a battle that goes on where I tell her like, I do not want to be these people that live through the lens. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, if we're going to take a trip, you know, let's say we go somewhere, let, we'll take the, the standard tourist photo in front of the sign and then put the damn phone away and let's go out and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, As so a whole I, world, I I'm, I'm kind of a stickler about that. Yeah, but, 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 but let me ask you a question. I get that you're a stickler, but does she actually adhere to this? Because your wife is in the Air Force. She can beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Uh, I will not deny that. Um, much smarter than me, and she will beat my ass if needed. <laughs> that's what, um, that's what so I'm yeah, saying. She, at the end of the day, she's on uh, GoPro duty, and I shut the hell up and let things happen the way she wants it to happen. <laughs> well, you're learning. <laughs> that's a, probably a key to a successful marriage, they oh, say, yeah. right? Yep. You see, I, I, I'm old school. I married a girl. Uh, she grew up on an Ohio dairy farm. And uh, she's actually pretty low maintenance. So we, we kind of coexist well, but we also don't have that, that imminent threat of immediate destruction on the table the way you did. How long is your wife in the Air Force, or is she still in the Air Force? Yeah, so she's still in. Um, we're stationed right now in Florida, nice. uh, Eglin Air Force Base. Um, and she, uh, she's been in for about a year, year and a half. Um, I'm not supposed to go into detail. No, no, of course. Listen, et cetera. I get but, it. But um, yeah, she's been in and, uh, you know, she, she kicks ass. Uh, she likes it a lot. Um, you know, she's a libertarian to so her and I kind of get along well. Yep. Um, but uh, she's, I wouldn't she's expect cool. her to be out anytime soon. She, uh, she really, really, you know, she enjoys serving and, and uh, I think she, she brings a libertarian. <laughs> you know, people kind of ask me sometimes, what's it like having a wife in the military? I'm like, listen, I mean, you know, I think she fights for the right reasons. Yeah, um, you know, cool. she, she believes in the, the, the power of freedom, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I think that, that motivates her a little different from some of the other folks. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're like, she fights for the right reason. She wants to get out of the house. She <laughs> wants to be home with her pain in the ass husband. I'm kidding. Um, no, listen, 
you, that's a good inflection point for for what I wanted to talk to you about because you're you know you're the president of Young Americans for Liberty, and um, you know for people uh, listening for the fir- you know first time who aren't familiar with your organization, Sean and I were saying at the top of the show. You know, it, to us, it sounds like a, a backyard militia, but I know what you're actually doing is you're out there <laughs> fighting for, you know, less government in our lives. Essentially, you're going to college campuses and preaching a message of self-reliance. Does that sound like a fair summary? Yeah, so there are two major things that we do. The first one is we're on college campuses trying to reach people with this idea that, look, you know, the principles of liberty, the principles of the Constitution, the idea that, that individuals uh, can do things better than government, you know, there's a message out there. They're typically not getting that message in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's kind of the first step is how do we build a youth army? Uh, I'm going to start calling it a back, backyard militia. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, how, how he we... slipped. He slipped. <laughs> yep. He did slip. Youth <laughs> army. Go ahead. We're listening. Uh, yeah, so trying to, trying to push back on or not just the socialist trend, but just this idea of people being apathetic and kind of introducing them. Um, to the principles of freedom, that's the, the first step, building the youth army. Mm-hmm. The second step, we take the kids and we, we really have uh, have built a plan. We call it Operation Win at the Door, where we try to identify candidates at the state level around the country. There's about 5,000 state seats. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we try to find candidates that have libertarian beliefs. They, they understand the principles of liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically are running as Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very open to you know endorsing uh, Democrat, Libertarian Party candidates, Constitution Party candidates, if they agree with the principles of liberty, which is, is pretty, uh, and they're viable, which is, you know, yeah. a problem for the LP. Yeah. But anyway, the whole point is we build this youth army, then we go out and deploy. Our tactic is door knocking. Okay. So we knock doors uh, to try to really push these candidates over the edge. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because we're trying to elect pretty much 250, uh, let's say these Rand Paul, Mike Lee type candidates mm-hmm. uh, in the next four years. And it's, it's pretty interesting because you create a lot of enemies out there. Uh, the political establishment uh, of both parties is, yeah. you know, it's not used to having to deal with, you know, you put 10 kids in the ground in the district, you're knocking about 30,000 doors and, and people are asking questions because they're right. not used to that type of attention. So we're having fun. Oh, look at you. About a, a, a boots on the ground strategy. Right. Old school. You're like the Jehovah's Witnesses of politics, which I think is cool. <laughs> it's, you know, people love that. People love in 2019 a nice face to face encounter with another human. <laughs> That's a great strategy, man. No, well, I'm kidding. No, it is great. And, and I, I, I agree. Go ahead. You're hitting on a point here that a lot of people think they're like, oh, you know, door to door. Okay. But it's like, listen, I mean, think about this seriously. I ask all your listeners this. Like, when it's it's a couple weeks before the election, you're getting inundated. If you, if you still own television, no offense to, to us in the cable world, <laughs> but if you're still watching cable, if you know if you're checking your mailbox, you've got 50 pieces of mail. I mean, everybody's running digitalized, and when you have a kid at the door who's 19 years old, mm-hmm. especially if you're thinking when you open the door, oh, this guy's probably peddling Bernie, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's like, no, you know, I, look, I like this Republican. He wants to cut taxes, free markets. Holy shit, this. Yeah. Young kid is motivated by a Republican. Wow. Um, it's, it's a it's way lethal. to cut through some of the noise. Yeah, it is. No, I actually, I applaud it. Listen again, I said it, it is lethal. It's cool. And to be honest with you, people do want to talk to people as much as we don't think so, you know, because we spend so much time on our phones. I can tell you as an ex-cab driver, um, when, I, when I'd say hello to people in my cab, a lot of them actually appreciated a chance to connect with somebody 
because there's just the rest of our lives are digital dopamine. But the one thing I applaud about you, Cliff Maloney, is you're sending out these kids. You're not dragging along like an Oprah because like I had this real gripe during the Stacey Abrams campaign that Oprah was going door to door with her only because when people see Oprah outside their house with a camera crew, they think they won money. They think they might have got a cut, like a life, a life changing, wonderful thing is about to happen. And they're like, hey, do you want to vote for this fat, angry Democrat who won't accept the election results? It's, it's tough, you know, and uh, I, I applaud you because you're, you're sending the youth, you're getting the youth involved. And the biggest thing, man, for real, is that we do want involvement in our democracy on a youth level and, and encouraging people to educate themselves on a youth level, because, you know. The, the vast majority of what people are consuming as news now on a youth level is memes and bumper stickers. So the idea that you guys are out there with like a fact-based mission, we do applaud Cliff Maloney. We do applaud that. I, I appreciate that. And look, I'll tell you this. I mean, I think people kind of underestimate sometimes. I mean, the reason we have some success and some fun is because it's grueling. You know, mm-hmm. it is not fun work. I mean, mm-hmm. to pound doors, you're knocking a hundred to 150 doors a day. You're getting people, like you said, I mean, yeah, people want to talk, and that's what it is. It's the, it's the 20 to 50 conversations you have a day where people actually do want to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I say, like, yeah, people have to they have to trudge out Oprah because nobody wants to go out and, you know, pound the pavement for a candidate that is more identity politics. I mean, that's yeah. the, 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 kind of the secret sauce to what we're doing is these kids believe in what we're trying to advance. They're, they're passionate mm-hmm. um, because I'm going to tell you, no one is excited about pounding pavement especially in the summer months, um, you know, for 30 days. It's, yeah. it's not it's not a healing thing. No, it's, it's, that's a lot. I mean, especially in Florida, because every other person's cooking meth or having sex with a hot pocket. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to see some fun stuff out there. I should start recruiting your kids to feed me topical storm videos for Kennedy because I know they're coming across them every day. What? what ex- explain this to me, Florida man. Explain this to me. Is And if you, if you know the answer, why does... Why do Florida's law enforcement stories get out more than anybody else's? Because I know it's not like a proliferation of more crime there than anywhere else. I think it has something to do with like a law enforcement policy. Do you know the background on that or no? Well, I can tell you, you know, when I first uh, when we got shipped down here, I I was kind of fascinated because everybody's always sharing the Florida man story. Mm -hmm. I kind of what I think it is, is I think somebody you know, in a span of a couple months, a few stories came out and for some reason, you know, uh, editorializing, mm-hmm. sometimes they make the choice to, you know, statewide, you know, Florida man, Arkansas man. Mm-hmm. And just for some reason, a few of these stories came out like back to back. And I think somebody created some sort of like meme with them yep. stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like if you're a reporter in Florida, you know, that's, that's like the next clickbaity thing. Yeah. And you know, that's, there, there's money there. And so it's like, how do I get a story? And so I think that they peruse these police reports and the, the police blotter mm-hmm. and they're trying to find anything that they know. If I can start this with Florida, man, I just think they're more incentivized. <laughs> no, that makes sense. They're going after it. This is like their own. It's like Russian collusion. You know, there's a lot of interest in the media. There was in Russian collusion. It was like the only story. You're right. You guys, you get the only crime story. But, you know, I've learned lessons in the state of Florida because I've gone down there to like Disney World and stuff. And, uh, you know, for instance, there's you're never too old to get a tram stamp. 
If you live in the state of Florida, you can see. <laughs> or too young, apparently. Yeah, or too young, apparently, <laughs> said our producer. I saw Cliff, Cliff the last time I was there. Uh, me and Lincoln Fela were at one of those knockoff souvenir stores because uh, I'm a bowler. And, uh, you know, you're getting those, those Mickey Mouse, those Mickey Mouse uh, spinoff items where, you know, M- Mickey's, it's like a lab rat. It's not a real Mickey. It's, you know, a guy they experimented right. on. But um, there was a, woman, a woman in an electronic wheelchair, in a motorized wheelchair with a, stra- with a tram stamp is is not a foreign thing. Like you don't see it in Florida and go like, oh, that's odd, because you see enough of it that you actually become numb to it, which I think is amazing. I am pro Florida, Cliff Maloney. We are not disparaging uh, your fine state. Um, I have another well, question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll make one quick comment on that. I will say, so you know, where I'm at in Fort Walton Beach, I am always surprised at the ratio of, let's say, uh, tourist outlets versus restaurants versus random tattoo parlors um, it's, it's, you know for some of these towns that are that are coming and going and they're building it i mean the beach towns it's like i mean you still have a tattoo parlor on every corner so uh, somebody's paying the bill for those places yeah man inc i i, I know who's paying the bills <laughs> florida man the same guy in the <laughs> the seven tattoos that's in the mugshot every day hold on though i want to ask you this question uh as as a guy uh, espousing libertarian virtues you guys have to be more receptive to Tulsi Gabbard than almost any candidate in the race at this point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so here's my rule. A lot mm-hmm. of people have given me a bunch of shit. I'm okay to curse here, correct? Yeah, go I'm nuts. We're, sponsor- like We're sponsored by a whiskey podcast. This is the least <laughs> offensive thing that's going to happen on these airwaves today. Go ahead. I love it. So people have been beating the shit out of me because, you know, I, I've, I've kind of come out and said, like, every time, I mean, Tulsi has based her entire campaign on this regime change war, standing up for peace. I mean, she's one of, that's a rarity these days. Most people don't pick an issue and kind of launch in. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a libertarian or even an anti-war conservative, I mean, you have to appreciate what Tulsi is saying. And in my mind, you should want to give her a platform to talk about war. Mm-hmm. Now, my rule is this. You know, people come to me and say, oh, you know, she's far more 95 percent of things. OK, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But if we can give her a platform to talk about war, if we can highlight her position on war. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the most libertarian on war just because the, I would say the Democrats. I mean, Hillary is kind of taking this warmongering neocon position mm-hmm. and mainstream it. I mean, it's mainstream Democrat positioning now. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my opinion is anytime you can get Tulsi to talk about war is a benefit for us to believe in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to endorse her. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, of course it does. It's it's like, you know, there are people out there that are message candidates where they're running because they know they're not going to win, but they're hoping to move the needle enough on a specific issue, you know, and, and maybe that's, you know, the most powerful thing about her candidacy is she's bringing attention to the fact that we fight a lot of endless wars and there's nobody else complaining about it on either side of this because they're all a part of the military industrialist, you know, complex and they're making money off that gravy train. So I agree with you. The problem with Tulsi speaking, though, is, you know, as Hillary will tell you most of the time she's saying it in russian so nobody understands it you know what i'm saying <laughs> was was that not the most wild batshit thing you've ever heard yeah but you know what i almost love it uh and i, I mean this in like the weirdest way like like it, you know i feel like when we look back to some of the ron paul days like it's almost the ignore when they ignore you it's almost more powerful. I yeah. mean, a lot of times, you know, because like mainstream America, you know, the drill, they're going to get a clip on TV. They might see, you know, a 30 second clip on social media. And 
then all of a sudden that was in that clip, you know, where, where Hillary Clinton calls her a Russian. I mean, come on, cut me a break. But it should show you just how much bullshit. I mean, this military, you're right, the industrial complex, it is so strong with their lobbying, with their special interests. I mean, the fact that Hillary would go after somebody, and then what's her response? Oh, she's at 1%. I mean, no, I think they're afraid of her. And I think that Hillary going after her, I think it really boosted her in a way Yeah. that sadly, in a field of, you know, how many are running today? 45? Yeah, it's 83, um, I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's just tough to break through. So I love when stuff like that happens, when it actually, you know, puts them in the spotlight. Yeah, she and she deserves it. I mean, listen, here's the thing. Policy aside... I actually think she, she would be phenomenal for the American people as a president, if only because it would be such a hard reset from everything we've ever known. First of all, we would get that female president everybody's been clamoring for, um, but we'd get one that was at least a genuine badass. She's a military veteran, still serves actively in the National Guard. It wouldn't be like a manufactured she's a badass. It would be, you know, a good look for the country. And a lot of people, of course, you know, I would never put a woman's uh, aesthetic contributions ahead of her uh, intellectual contributions, but a lot of people think she's great looking. I mean, personally, Sean and I don't even see gender, so it's hard for us to even say as well as the woke Beto supporters we are it would be hard for us to even assume a gender but the point is I think a lot of people would be very comfortable <laughs> with the idea of her at a podium every day you know and that's that might be just the kind of relaxing thing we need because I say this Cliff Maloney in this time of tumultuous you know Trump back and forth where everybody's just fighting for power anyway I feel like we're not as a country we're not utilizing Melania properly because she's a gorgeous first lady. She's a Bond girl. She's spectacular. And, you know, people are so mad at, at the president, they're not giving her her due in the fashion world. But I think it's time. I think we need to pivot to Melania for a little bit, throw her a couple of nice magazine covers, and and let's embrace her and, and kind of take the edge off. Could you get behind that? Yeah, I definitely could. I think uh, Bill Burr had a stand-up, you know, where he was talking about the first lady, and I think he, he addressed oh. what you just said, what he said in a way that was um, – you know, kind of interesting to me where he said, look, all these feminists, I mean, they got some candidates right now. He didn't name drop Tulsi, mm -hmm. but he pretty much was saying like, you know, they're, the second that a woman gets in, they're going to tell the first man to shut the hell off. It's her turn. You know, <laughs> right now it's like, you know, they're shutting up, you know, but nobody's even talking about it. Oh yeah. No, um, Melania, and, Melania and Kanye West are the same person in that regard because like, <laughs> you know, it was like, how dare you try to silence LeBron James's intellectual contributions and tell him to just play basketball? Are you crazy? And then Kanye's like, I like Trump. And they were like, shut up and rap, you know, <laughs> get the microphone out of his hand. I don't want this guy talking. Right. And uh, yeah, it's the well, same thing. That's, that's on Tulsi. Like, you know, it's, I, I just don't think the Democrats are going to let it happen because I mean, for a lot of reasons, but she really pokes a lot of holes in, in the Democrats argument, not just on war, but just on a lot of this stuff. I mean, uh, even on impeachment, you know, you mm -hmm. hear her talking sanity. I mean, I think Tulsi's she gets in line on a lot of the big government issues. Let me, of course, give that uh, as kind of my my asterisk. But the point is, I mean, she is a normal person, and that she she talks about things. You know, she mm -hmm. she can have a conversation. And she says, "Look, this impeachment stuff, that it isn't good." And like every single Democrat is screaming, like, mm -hmm. you know, you evil person. Like uh -huh. this is a political moment for us. Yeah. Um. And so I don't I don't think there's room. Uh, just in our political world for somebody that's as sane as she is. I know she's too. That's the problem. She is actually too normal because and, and it's a great point that you make is the impeachment thing is so divisive. And we all know it's going how it's going to play out because the Senate isn't going to throw their guy out. 
So this is basically like the process is the punishment in that they're willing to subject the country to this if, if it means tarring the president and holding him back politically. But it's not being done with anybody's interest in mind. But that's the thing Tulsi either doesn't get or she gets and she's just a rebel. She's operating with the people's interest in mind, which it stands out because it's such an anomaly to what's going on right now. But it is. It's also why she can't win. We need Tulsi. She's got to go like NWO Hulk Hogan. She's actually got to become gangster Tulsi if she wants to win this thing. Maybe maybe a little more leather on the campaign trail, black bandana like Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And then we get the Tulsi we, we need. You know what I'm saying, Cliff Maloney? I'm a strategist, too. Don't think you're the only one sending people door to door over here. All right, pal? Listen, my, my secret strategy is still Glenn Jacobs, uh, Mayor <laughs> Kane, if you will. He's a uh, beast. Running for president here in 2024. So you heard it here first. Wow. We, for that. And he is in what? He's the mayor of Knoxville now? He's, I know it's a town in Tennessee, but what town? Yeah, Knox County, they have a billion-dollar budget. I mean, I wow. thought when he said he was getting elected, I'm like, oh, okay, you live a local mayor race. I mean, the guy controls, I think it's like $900 million. Wow. Um, and he's just dropping, you know, as he would call it, ultra-conservative slash libertarian mm-hmm. uh, realism on the entire county, which uh, he's having some fun, so I'm keeping my eye on him. Again, though, I mean, this is a pro wrestler who's gotten into politics, and uh, it, it could be... I, you know, it's like it's one of those it's one of those things where we're definitely heading in that direction where no line of work would disqualify you, you know, but my fear is coming from pro wrestling, you know, as you know, that's that's something people take a lot more seriously at this point than politics. It's almost like he took a step <laughs> down. Yeah, that's what I mean. He took us. This guy took a step down. But Glenn Jacobs, he's a guy like yourself who is a fantastic hang in the Kennedy green room. And I will say this cliff Maloney for hanging out today. You've got a nice bottle of Michter's whiskey coming your way. Are you allowed your wife let you drink that or no? <laughs> I do. That's a delicious kind of nice little edge to it. So I'm, I'm a big fan. All right. No, I was just making sure because I, I, you know, I don't know where people are at in their marriage. Like our, our pal, Daniel Turner, who's on tomorrow. I mean, he was like way too enthusiastic about the mix. I was like, "Yeah, we'll give you a bottle of mix." He's like, "Can I get it now?" I was like, "No, no, we got to do the doing interview." Cartwheels after he took his first sip. Oh yeah, you so you were at that's right, Cliff Maloney. You were at the post game party last Thursday. The, I, I don't even know if the Mictors guys believe what, how much of a thing they have created. But when we wrap our show every week, we have like a Mictors wrap party where everybody comes by and drinks either an unblended American or a toasted barrel sour sour mash. We sing their praises. And at the end of a week at cable news, we do wind up punching the shit out of each other, but that's what makes the show good. You know, Cliff? we all, we all beat each other up in the lobby in front of Fox. Now it's a great night. Uh, and I, I appreciate when you come by and be a part of it. Cause you know what it is, Cliff, we're building a culture on our, on the Kennedy program. It's like we, we, her and I cover the news like it's sports and certainly our executive producer, Victor, so in doing that, we've also assembled like a locker room culture of everybody on the show happens to be a really good locker room hang. So that might be the highest praise I can give you beyond encouraging the youth of America to get out and harass people at their front doors uh, is that you, you know, you, you're a good you're a good hang. I mean, I put that on your resume. Jimmy Fallon endorses Cliff Maloney as a good green room hang. What do you say to that? I'm going to play green room hack slash. Uh, what'd you call it? My backyard, uh, Oh, backyard militia. I, I, Listen, you've oh, convinced yeah, no, nobody. Gotta, we spent, be, 
We, we've, That's got to be in the Twitter bio at some point. Listen, I got to get that somewhere. We've spent 25 minutes on the phone together. I don't think you've convinced anybody that this didn't start in a wrestling ring on YouTube and end with like, ah, oh, what if we get guns too? You know, it's and, and that's fine. I listen. I, I just want you to be out there and heard because I think you're a brilliant guy. Although I do resent your weight loss a little bit. Uh, this is a big deal, Cliff Maloney. I'll see you in the green room sooner, right, champ? All right. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. No, time. thank you, buddy. We owe you big. There he goes. Cliff Maloney, everybody. A legend uh, on this show and any show for that matter. Married to a woman in the Air Force, Sean Barry. Could you imagine? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you're out. You're like you're out to dinner. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, you guys get in a disagreement. She's like, get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, well, babe, come on, get in the car. You're like, all right, babe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Cliff Maloney's a great guy. I mean, uh, again, losing 65 pounds post-wedding. Yeah, that's incredible. The only guys I know who've lost 65 pounds for real post-wedding are guys who've divorced a supermodel. Like, that's the only way. I was going to say, I think yeah. guys with brain cancer. Are oh, like. gee, Sean, <laughs> come on. We take a quick break, and we'll come back to wrap. Uh, a couple of headlines, a couple of news goings on right here on Everybody Calm Down. Prom season is here, and now you can get help landing a date from the prom master himself, R. Kelly. Because my heart is so big. R. Kelly goes to more proms a year than anyone. Four, five, six, fifty, you said. So trusting someone else with a promposal would be a huge mistake. That's stupid. Use your common sense. R. Kelly can teach you how to prompose in person or on social media. Is this camera on me? And he does not mess around when it comes to getting a yes. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. R. Kelly's Promposals, the service that won't take no for an answer. I don't need to. Why would I? The urgent. Sounds like something's really going on today in the yeah. studio. It's never this urgent in our heads. We're sponsored by the fine folks at Michter's Whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never. We're actually pretty mellow. We are. I'm like the cat in Heathcliff. Do you, you know, remember when Heathcliff, they got into that soccer game and Mongo the cat was so laid back in goal, they had to rub the ball and stake to get his attention. Well, he was the larger cat. Yeah, Mongo yeah. was the fat cat. Right. who would, But then he became like the greatest goalie in the world. <laughs> so you kind of have to rub a news story with steak to get our attention at this point. <laughs> we are the Mongos of podcasting here on Everybody Calm Down. Or at least soak it in Mictors. I know. On this special Tuesday edition of the show, where I will be uh, running out of here shortly to get to Fox News Radio, hosting Fox Across America. Somehow, they're having me back for a second day. No one saw that coming. I thought we were going to have like an Eamon Bundy barricade myself on the land deal yesterday after the first episode. But we got through it, Sean Barry. Jessica Tarloff came through. You know, she's the mm-hmm. best. One of my favorite interviews anywhere. I saw it coming, Jimmy. Today, I knew you could do it. You had faith in me, kid. Today's a varsity game. Emily Campagno and Charles McBee. McBee's first time on the air at the Fox Death Star. We give him a hard time. This is not a home game for him. <laughs> Like, me and Emily, real sweet on each other on the air. We're real nice. You know, we call each other names and stuff, but it's endearing. 
Me and McBee are going feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's getting some home cooking. You heard me, McBee? If you're listening to this on the train right now on the way into the studio, <laughs> after all that pro wrestling talk, I'm doing that thing where they get on the mic and call the guy out ahead of the match. Yeah. Well, you know, Mean Gene. You yeah, know. It up. Yeah, you're my Mean Gene Oakland now. Uh, but yeah, check out Fox News uh, across America today from noon to 3. Uh, it's going to be a big one. Tomorrow, Pat Dixon's on the show. DC Benny's on Thursday. Nice. Jenny Fail is coming in. Oh, wow. I don't know that she gets through security, but she says she's coming in. So we'll see, Sean Barry. One quick study, because we don't have a ton of time today. It's unfortunate, because I, you know, I could talk to you forever, babe. Mm. I don't know if you saw this study. Like one in six people. It's a British study. But they surveyed 10,000 people. In England. In England. One in six people think Earth, the, the galaxy is part of Earth. I Meaning they don't know what the Milky Way galaxy is. One in six people don't know what the Milky Way galaxy is. They think Earth is the Milky Way galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like they think the whole galaxy is comprised of Earth. Does that surprise you? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, honestly, anything you get into the big universe, the big giant spectrum, it really does become daunting and confusing on it's some like level. It's like you're just better off downsizing. Yeah, I mean, I know me personally, I don't know a ton about it, but I know I get like really anxious when I start to think about how minute we are, <laughs> how tiny <laughs> and moment insignificant. In, that moment in Revenge of the Nerds. What if we're just a molecule in the fingernail of one larger <laughs> being? You got I think that going a, on? I think it's actually from... Um, uh, what is it from? It's from a movie where they get high, yeah, right? It's from, what's his name? John, uh, Jim Belushi. John Belushi. Oh, okay. Uh, come on. Is that Animal House? Animal House, That yeah. is when they get high? Yeah, I think. And Kiefer, I thought it was Revenge of the Nerds. Shame on me. Kiefer Sutherland's dad is the one that says that. Oh, Donald Sutherland. That's his name. Oh, shout out to Donald See, Sutherland. I kind of knew where that came some from. Some of the nicest butt cheeks in movie history are in that say, movie. Yeah. Oh, would you stop it, Sean Barry? sweater he wears. But, uh, I mean, I guess the, the, the takeaway is, you know, because I always think about the British accent thing. I always resent the fact that people are considered smart because they have British accents. Because oh, no, I know so many dumb yeah. British people. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you live in New York, so. Yeah, like I know so many dumb British idiots that it's hard for me to believe that, to buy into that. And when you hear a study like this, you're like, okay. And one more study that I thought was up your alley. A, uh, hold on, we're supposed to segue. That's what they demanded our contract. Mm. Almost got us fined right here on the show. Uh, you see this, I don't know if you saw the Southwest story, but a Southwest airline attendant is um has filed a lawsuit she's suing the airline because she says she watched two pilots who were watching uh, a video of a streaming video of the bathroom meaning she's saying that the the pilots had a camera that was allowing them to watch what people were doing in the bathroom what the hell did you just say yeah true story wow and uh the southwest is denying it you know Hmm. but uh i mean weird like how you I mean, denying it, I guess, uh, just trying to save face for the moment. But did, I mean, was there no literally, camera. did they look Maybe, at the plane for a My camera? guess is there's a security camera that probably has an angle of the bathroom. And maybe the door was open or something. I don't, I don't believe that they've, because the pilots don't fly the same plane every day. So it's not like they could have hardwired their own, like their own personal plane, knowing they're going to get it every time and be able to spy in the bathroom. Right. Uh, but they're saying. But I mean, again, I don't know the technology available. It seems very... Um, probable to me that there could be uh, a small camera that you can place that we connect to mm-hmm. your phone via Bluetooth or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it, it seems possible. 
It seems super creepy. That, I mean, that is why, you, that's the one perk to fly in Spirit Airlines. That's why I do it. There's no bathrooms. They just have, like, the outhouse at the back of the plane. <laughs> you can't get that kind of technology in there. They got a little window you got to open. Yeah. You can, <laughs> gotta, you'd have to slide it up in yeah. order to see it. At that point, everybody would know. Yeah. And I guess that's the one perk to, uh, to fly in Spirit Airlines. But it is, it's, uh, honestly, if they were watching you go to the bathroom, I consider that like the least of the indignities you suffer when you fly commercial air these days. That's yeah, true. At this point, like if you're flying like um, you're flying commercial out of out of LaGuardia, mm. it's it's basically like a thinly veiled dominatrix visit right. for all intents and purposes. You know, you're going to get treated horribly. They you know, they'll put a cigarette out on your face while you're waiting for a gate at LaGuardia. Like they really do like treat you bad. Yeah, they might as well brand you like cattle on the way. Yeah, they yeah. brand you. Yeah. The, the woman at the desk makes you call her mistress. <laughs> Why do you have a leather mask on? Yeah. I just want to fly to Cleveland. Uh, but no, they go rough on you. They go rough on you. But not here. We treat you well here on Everybody Calm Down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will treat everybody great today on Fox News Radio, except Charles McBee. I'm calling it out right go, now. Go get him, Jim. We're going out. Me and him tonight, one-on-one, mano y mano. It's got to be done. Are you going to come on, Sean? Do you think you'll come on or no? Sure. Are you going to pull a diva? Diva move? Maybe. What kind of contractual demands do I have to meet? Uh, How much Mick? Because I really can't have Mick just in the studio. It's a radio station. It's Uh, a corporate entity, Sean. This is not the 70s. I know how I get it here. You know, I pour pour the actual, people talk about the whiskey trail in Kentucky. How about the whiskey trail from your house to mine? (laughs) Right, Literally, I'm pouring it on the sidewalk like an old school uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, and I'm I'm floating down the street, you know, just (laughs) my nose smelling. An alcoholic Hansel and Gretel. Uh, A big fat shout out to Cliff Maloney. Cliff Maloney and all the young Americans for liberty out there with their bayonets and their muskets right <laughs> taking on. over, taking over the country. No, I want the youth to get involved. I think it's great, mm-hmm. you know, because right now, like I'm on social media and uh, you always read things like, uh, you know, every voice should be heard. And I'm like, no, no, they shouldn't. I've read a lot of these voices. Right. I'm like, that shouldn't be heard. Like, I'm, I'm willing to admit that mine isn't the, you know. Right. What are we doing here? You should keep your mind open. You should question everything. There you go. You know? Sean Barry. Those could be our, that would be our new sign off. Were right. it not for the coach from Teen Wolf, uh, yes. who implores you to never do business with a guy whose last name is a city, never go near a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body, and never shoot pool with a guy who brings his own table. I agree with that. Of course you do, Barack Obama. Hope and change. There you have it. Hope and change. <laughs> Joe Biden, by the way, he's broke as we close today. Did you see that? Uh, he's losing money. So his is like, hope you can spare some change, I guess. I don't even know. But mm. he apparently is lagging behind in the fundraising department. Oh, well. well hopefully he steps on the gas soon. Uncle yeah. Joe. It is, you know, probably that, that's probably the problem at the age of 78. Like, it's not very lucrative to be walking around the beach with a metal detector. That's not how you're supposed to be finding money, Joe. Get out there, have a fundraiser, do like a bake sale or something, make some moves. Tune in to Fox News Radio today at 12 noon. You can hear the champ in action on a curse-free edition of the broadcast. At least we, at least it better be. Yeah, good luck with at that. At least it better be. Uh, shout out to Cliff Maloney uh, and shout out to all of you uh, who listen to the Blue Rush podcast this week at NewYorkPost.com. Otis Anderson gets the game ball for that. Mark Bavaro. Mm. Joins us on Thursday. My God, it is getting basically everyone I've ever wasted my youth with playing Tecmo Bowl has now come to life and is talking to me. It's like a bizarre, weird dream, you know, but it's over. I got to go. The alarm clock just went off. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.